Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Stevens Creek. How you doing? It is a great day to be here. I have felt God's presence in our midst, and it is awesome to be here. Before we get started today, can we give it up to our South Augusta campus joining us? We are so glad to be one church in two locations, those in the atrium watching online and multiple uh, ways. We are so grateful to God that we have all of these different ways to connect as a church. Um, we are in week three of our all-in series, and uh, this week is all about taking your next step. So those of you who've been waiting to go to next step class, you, the kids, you know, your brunch, um, don't worry. Today is that day, so you're good. Welcome to next step, and it's going to be a great day. So if you have your Bible, stand with me and go to Acts chapter 42. We are going to Acts chapter 42, continuing where we left off Last week, Acts chapter 42, starting, and it reads, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. God. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I pray you would empower your preacher, you would give me clarity, and you would give us all ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As I was reflecting on this week, I thought about my call to ministry. And I was called to ministry, well, maybe before, I thought about my acceptance to ministry. I told 9 a.m. my call to ministry, but God had been calling from before. When I said yes to ministry, 18 or 19 years old, I want to show you this picture. Um, this is proof positive that 18-year-olds should not make life-altering decisions. Anyone who wears a winter coat and shorts just shouldn't be making <laughs> life-altering decisions. They don't know what they're doing, okay? Uh, but... I, at this point, thought I had life all figured out. I was a political science major. I was on my way. I think my roommate's in the room right now. I was on my way to, um, to law school. I thought, this is the path that was for me. This is what God had for my life. We were going this direction. But in the middle of sophomore year, God began to stir in my life something different. He, he began to push and prompt me to ministry. Now, I got to be honest, and 
this is a different place. Y'all are so lovely and nice, but I had zero desire to be a pastor. I saw what my daddy went through. Church folk ain't always nice and lovely as you guys are. Uh, I saw, I know what my grandfather is going through right now. I did not want to be a pastor. But God was knocking at my door, and me and the Lord came to an agreement. I was at a Christian school. I said, boom, God, I got it. Wait for it. You know, tell God your plans, and he'll laugh. I said, God, I'll take a Bible class, right? We're even. I'll know a little bit more about your word. Went to this Bible class. It was for 16 weeks, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at 1 p.m. to 1.50 for 16 weeks, we spent all 16 weeks, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, from 1 to 150 in the book of Jonah. For those of you who don't know who Jonah is, this book is only four chapters long. We could have did that in one class. Four chapters long for 16 weeks. I got to hear about this guy who God said, you've got to do this thing I'm calling you to. He decided to run a different way. A storm came. They threw him over the boat. He ended up in the water. A fish ate him and then spit him out, and he still had to do what God told him to do. Now, I may have been young and dumb, but I wasn't that dumb. At that moment, I realized two particular things. One, I went and changed my major because God didn't say to me audibly, but I knew, hey, you're going to do this one way or another. And I, I you know, I, I like to eat fish. I don't want to be eaten by fish. I realized that I needed to go all in on the call of God for my life, that God had prepared me, equipped me to go all in on his call for me to ministry. My brothers and sisters, this series has been all about reminding you so that you can embrace the fact that I am fully equipped to go all in on the purpose of God for me and his church. That now is the time for me to go all in on what he has called me to do personally and in the context of the local church that he has planted me. The second thing I realized is that God had a next step for me. And this is the truth, not just for me, but for each and every one of us, that God has a next step for us. That my initial relent to the call of God on my life was the first step in the process of him making me into the person that he had called me to be. He was developing and cultivating me step by step. And this is what God has called his church to. This is where we find ourselves in the book of Acts at verse 42. The birth of the church has happened, and now they are trying to bring order and structure to this momentous occasion. And God is taking them step by step in the process of becoming who he had called them to be. And when you boil down the purpose of God's church, it's taking people from where they are to where God intends them to be. It's helping people take their next step. And the reality is Stevens Creek Church exists to help people take their next step towards God. That same origin of this text over 2,000 years ago is the same purpose today. A lot of churches say it multiple different ways, but when you boil it down, it's about helping people go their next step towards God. 
Paul says it like this in, in Scripture. He says, we go from glory to glory to glory. That's a real Christianese, holy way of saying God is trying to take you on a next step, a next step, and a next step to the place that he has called you to be, that there is always more of God for us to consume and be a part of, that he is forming this community step by step. Here's the first step that they take in verse 42. It says they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The first thing that God wanted to do is get their beliefs right. He wanted to get their beliefs in the right structure. And here at the creek, we believe what they believed then, the same church that has been con uh, continuing throughout the ages, is the same beliefs that we have here. And we say this at the creek is that, in our essentials, we have unity. We have four core beliefs I'm going to tell you in a moment. But in our non-essentials, we have liberty. For example, if you grew up Methodist, you probably had sprinkled for uh, baptism. If you come here at the creek, we're going to dunk you. All right? That's a non-essential belief. How you baptize is not essential. We're not, we're not going to argue about that. But in everything, we're going to have love and charity for each other. But here are our four main beliefs. These are the apostles' teaching that they were gathered behind and united behind. The first is that the Bible is the word of God. That the uh, 66 books, 1189 chapters are not just cool sayings, but this is God's very word to his church. It guides our decision making. This is why when you come to Stevens Creek Church, you're not just going to hear some philosophy or some cool sayings. We are going to open God's word and tell you what God is saying to his church because this is life and breath. This has the instructions to help us live the life that God has called us to live. The Bible is the word of God. The second thing is that Jesus is the son of God. Now, I know, you know, today's society has all sorts of other things that they want to say. They say Jesus was just some historical figure. They say he was just some cool dude. They, they, some people say if you're in a bind and you don't have lunch money, he can break his fish and loaves and help you out. But the reality is he is much more than that, that Jesus is literally the son of God, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he went to the cross and died for our sins. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, but he was raised from the dead with all all power in his hands, the keys to death life or death hell in the grave, and he is coming back again, that he is who scripture says that he is. The third thing is that a decision to follow Jesus changes everything. Now, you know, that sounds a little modern if uh, you're a part of our ex-Baptist section over here. Uh, you probably heard it growing up as you must be born again. It means the same thing in the sense that a decision to follow Jesus changes everything. That I, I decide to follow Jesus. I give up my old ways and follow after what he has called us to do. And the fourth primary essential belief that we have is that believers should be and can be filled with the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit empowers us to be God's witnesses. It gives us boldness. He gives us spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, which is listed in Galatians 5, through 27, is the evidence that we have what God has given us. These are the four essential beliefs. They were rooted, they are ours, but they were rooted in these same teachings that the apostles gave. 
And then as they are forming this community, they get behind a mission. They were uh, fellowship, fellowshipping together, breaking bread and praying and going to the temple. And here at the creek, we have three core things that we say is our mission. We want to love God, that God is our primary. He is the main thing that we are doing. We want to love people and we want to serve the world. Uh, and I, I need you to understand that loving God and loving people are interdependent, that you cannot have the vertical right without having the horizontal right, that God has called us to love the Lord that God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. They are interconnected. You express your love for God by loving the people around you. That's what we are called to do. And serve the world by using our gifts and talents to make a difference in the lives of others. This is what this group had uh, began to do. They are sharing with each other. They are doing multiple things together. And here at the Creek, we have seven unifying attitudes that help us live out the mission of what God has called us to. Seven unifying attitudes that clarify where we are going. You know, just in case there are some people who want to get on the bus and tell us there's a different direction and I, I got this new GPS. No, no. These are the seven unifying attitudes that help align us in the way God has called us as a church to head. Here's the first one is that we believe people matter. We believe that people matter to God. Pastor Marty says it all the time. If people matter to God, they should matter to us. John 3 and 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. When God expressed his love, he did something radical. He did something unusual. And here at the creek, you might see some very unusual things. But we are committed to doing anything short of sin to help people understand that they matter to God. A few weeks ago, we had somebody in here riding on a, a, a blow-up horse, and it, I'm sure people were wondering what in the world was going on. Uh, there was a guy a couple of years ago um, who came to our church, and he came in a little late. He was invited, and it was during Christmas, and he walked in. He was agnostic, atheist at the time, far from God, and he walked in, and he saw snow falling from the ground and ballerinas on the stage, and he was tripped out. He said, what in the world did you invite me to? What, what is going on in this room? This makes no sense, but here's what happened. That strange occurrence piqued his curiosity, and he stayed. And he came back the next week, and he kept coming back. And a few months later, he gave his life to Christ. And today, he is one of our interns at the church this summer. Can I tell you, when you realize that people matter to God, you do anything possible to let them know that there is a God that loves them and cares for them. That's our mission. So sometimes we may be a little different, but it's because the person who does not know God matters to God. Here's the second thing. We believe that a growing and vibrant church is the key to filling, fulfilling the mission of the church. Scripture says here that the Lord added to their number day by day 
those who were being saved. And let me, let me put this out here. We don't want to grow just because it will make our name look good. We don't want to grow because uh, we just want to feel good about ourselves. It is necessary for us to grow because as long as there is one who does not know Jesus, as long as there is one who has not been a disciple, as long as there's still one, there is room and there is work for us to do. God has told us to make disciples. And so as long as there's somebody in Augusta that has not made Jesus Lord of their life, we need to grow. When uh, Luke was wrapping up what he was talking about in Acts, in Luke chapter, uh, Acts chapter 19 and verse 20, he says, and so the, the word of the Lord continued to grow mightily and prevail. Another version says it like this, and the, Lord of the, the word of the Lord continued to advance and prevail mightily. Here's the point, that if we are going to complete the mission that God has called us to to do, we've got to continue to grow. That's the reason why we have an online campus. That's the reason why there is a South Augusta campus right there in, uh, on Peach Orchard worshiping and praising God at this very moment. Is because God has called us to let the world know that there is a Savior that loves them. And if we are doing our part, we will continue to grow. Here's the third thing that's important for us to recognize and understand is that we believe that we should be an example of Jesus' love everywhere we go. You see, not just in church. We are in church to be equipped to go out and be an example of Jesus' love everywhere we go. Now, I, I got to be honest, y'all, and again, y'all are good and sweetly saved and uh, are good folk. But can I confess, this one is sometimes hard for me, right? And sometimes it feels like you just set up to fail at certain things like that. Let me tell you my story. I'm going to confess, right? Yesterday, right, I think I'm going to relax on a Saturday. But uh, thank God for Instagram. An Instagram influencer told my wife that there is a particular high chair that we need to get from Ikea. So thank you. We drive two hours and some change to go to Ikea. And this is my first time in Ikea. And y'all, if you struggle with anxiety, this is not the place to go. (laughs) On top of that, this is the moment that my son thinks it's a great idea to play hide and seek in this store. Yeah. Difficult moments. We get to where we're supposed to be, and y'all, they have the legs to the high chair, the table to the high chair, but they don't got the seat to the high chair. The legs, the table, but no seat. So now I'm frustrated because I drove two hours and some change to go to a place that have two of the parts, but the main part I really need, they don't have in the store. So I'm already on edge. And y'all, I'm not the same when I'm hungry. And so (laughs) even worse, and so we decide to get me some food, and I go to a place that I always go to. I order the thing that I always order, and I get to check out, and I say, can I get a water cup? I'm anticipating, you know, they're going to maybe charge me 50 cents. This lady said, $2.45. I said, $2.45 for a water cup. <laughs> and so I snap a little bit, and in that moment, I'm convicted, right, because... I'm not being a good example of Jesus' love. And then I also 
feel super convicted because I'm wearing a shirt that says, smile, Jesus loves you. <laughs> but here's the thing. Hey, I swear, it's a true story. Ask my wife. She'll be here at 12. But we're not always wearing the shirt that says, smile, Jesus loves us. But God has called us to be these lights and beacons of his love in the world. In Matthew 5 and 16, he says it like this. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Your compassion, your love, your... Pastor Marty says it like this. Just be nice. You being nice. I'm sorry, Pastor Marty. I'm going to work on it. You being nice helps people to see God's love. And that's why we are challenging not only ourselves but uh, each other to be an example of Jesus' love everywhere we go, in every place that we go. Here's a fourth unifying attitude is that we believe we should all join a small group. Notice what the scripture says. It says, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. I'm telling you, like never before, we need to be in community. When God said about Adam, it's not good for him to be alone, he was not just talking about marital relationship. He recognized that Adam was made to be a communal being and to be outside the context of community puts him in danger. Scripture says it like this, that the enemy, it goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I was watching the animal planet, and I, I was watching how that the lions come to attack. When the zebras are together, the lion cannot differentiate between them. But what the lion tries to do is attack the zebras to get somebody to go off in isolation so that they can destroy them. Can I tell you what the enemy wants to do to you is get you outside of community, to get you outside of God's family, to put you in a place of isolation so he can bombard your mind with negativity so that he can bombard you with things that are outside of God's will. But I'm so glad that scripture says wherever two or three are gathered, there he is. And whatever we ask for, it shall be done. You've got to get into community because iron sharpens iron. You've got to get into community because that's where God is working in the midst of us. True life change happens in the context of community. God is changing us in small groups. This is, this is what they're doing. They're gathering together and their lives are being transformed. Their lives are changing for the better. The fifth thing is that we believe that we should give our tithes. Here, this is all about the principle of generosity. Here in this text, what they were doing is that there were people in need. Uh, and let me explain a little bit for context. What happened on the day of Pentecost is the Spirit of God fell. People who lived in other places came here, and they didn't want to leave. God's presence was there. Their homes were away. They didn't have enough to stay. And what the community did, did in this moment is become generous and help them while they were staying. 
You see, the reason that God challenges us to be generous is because it's an opportunity to trust God with the thing that matters most to us. He says, where your treasures are, there your heart is also. It's our finances, the only place that God says, try me in this, test me in this. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room to receive. Our finances are an opportunity to trust God in a way we haven't trusted him before. If we trust him to heal us, if we trust him to protect us, we should trust him with our finances. And scripture says it is more blessed to give than to receive. The principle of generosity here, the only way you're able to give is if you've already received. That's number five. Number six is that we believe that we should live out the seven steps. These seven steps are our baseline process of discipleship. We we want people to be nice. We want you to share your story. Your story has gospel implications. But every gospel presentation should end with an invitation. And we want you to invite people to service. If this is your first week, if you've been here for all 34 years, we want you to attend weekly. Attending church weekly is an essential aspect of becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. We want you to join a small group, to be in community. We want you to serve in ministry, to volunteer regularly. And we want you to love enough to give. These are baseline places of discipleship that help us know what God is doing and help us uh, become what God has called us to be. Here's the seventh and final thing, is that we believe we should serve in ministry. Can I tell you that God has no spectators in his kingdom? that each of us are called to make a difference in the lives of others, that each of us are called to use our gifts and talents for the glory of God. Here's what Peter says in 1 Peter 4 and 10. He says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You have a gift and a talent from God. You have something that God wants to use in his church. And let let me help you. Your purpose is not detached from what God is doing in his local church. They are interconnected. That what God is doing in his local church is directly connected what God has gifted and talented you to do. It's what he has designed you to be. And if we are going to be people that are all in and doing what God has asked us to do, we've got to serve in ministry. And I know some of you are saying, hey, that, that's not for me. That, that, that's not what I'm supposed to do. All of us are called to ministry. All of us are called to do something in pursuit of helping God build his church and build his kingdom. God is doing something in our midst. And he is calling us to be engaged and involved in that. 
There are some of you in this room who used to serve and you took a step back. That's okay. Now is the time to go back all in. There's some of you who have never served and that's okay. Hear me, now is the time to go all in because God is up to something in our midst. I know when you were here, you have felt his presence. And God is doing something among his people. But he's saying, before I pour out, I want my people to be prepared for what I'm doing. God is calling you. If you have never served in ministry or it's your time to get back in ministry outside of these doors, at the end of this service, there is a table there for you to to get plugged in and signed up today. But you've got to decide for yourself that I'm all in on God's next step for my life. I'm all in on the next step that God has for me. This is what Paul says in Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. It is time to go all in and take your next step. God has something in store for our church. We have not seen our best days yet. God is doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we could ask or think according to his power that's in work and you, and you, according to his power that it's in work in the atrium, according to his power that's in work for you online, for you outside, for you in South Augusta, in this room, God is at work and he is calling us to take that next step. Now is the time. So I want to challenge you right where you are in your seat, back pocket, there's this card. And I want you to take out your phone right now in the middle of the service. Yes, I know. It's okay. Some of you were already texting. It's cool. Y'all were telling them how good service was. I get it. Take out your phones, open up your camera, and hover over this QR code. And I want you to click the link and leave it open for a second because we're going to pray. And what I believe, I can't tell you what your next step is. Here's what I know. God is going to prompt your heart and propel you into the place that he is calling you to go deeper. God never called us to a life of convenience. He called us to a life of consistent pursuit of him. And some of us have gotten comfortable in our faith. And God is saying, now is the time to search for me and you will find me. Now is the time to go deeper. Take it out. Keep your phone open on that link. And we're going to pray over this. There's some of you who need to make a spiritual decision. Today is your day to say yes to Jesus. There's some of you that your prayer life and your devotional time has gone to the wayside that you need to get plugged in again. On the website, there are multiple places that you can see where God is challenging us as a church to go deeper. But leave that open. We're going to pray. And after we pray, I want to challenge you to commit to go all in on a next step, on a 90-day commitment. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day.
We thank you for your word that has been declared. We know, God, that you are in the midst of us. We will not be moved. And God, though the winds are blowing, your church will not be shaken because on the rock of Jesus, we have built your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And in this moment, God, instead of going to the wayside, we are standing our ground and going all in. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would awaken your church again to what you have called her to, that we are the bride of Christ and that we will stand and declare God what you have said and God whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and what we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven and God we loose your spirit on your people we loose dreams and gifts and talents we loose God your anointing on your people raise up dead dreams raise up dormant callings God stir up the gifts among us God for the person who has never said yes to you today is their day and if that's you pray this simple prayer with me Lord Jesus save me change me make me into the person that you want me to be I give my life to you and God right now I pray for the hearts of your people to be pricked to be challenged to be pushed to go all in on what you are doing God because we have not seen our best days yet you still have more for us you still have greater things eyes have not seen ears haven't heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what God intends to do for his people get ready church there is a second harvest get ready church there is a second wind God is moving in our midst and God you will get the glory you will get the honor in Jesus name we pray and everybody say amen let's worship God in this place hallelujah hallelujah Jesus thanks for listening if you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.